0: 0818-715-815 Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline.
1: I hadn't heard about this, so let's go straight to Rachel and to Bronwyn. Rachel, what's the problem?
2: Hi, how are it's you? Good, thanks. Um So, I just wanted to highlight an issue that I came across yesterday. Okay. I've got two small kids that avail of the glasses voucher through the HSD for their site, obviously. yeah. And yesterday, my youngest had an eye test done, and we did the usual. We went and applied for the voucher, which will be out in the post in a couple of days. And we went to our local optician... Mm-hmm. who we've been going to for a long time okay. with the kids, and they told us that unfortunately they couldn't honour the vouchers because they haven't been paid for the vouchers by the HSE since April. And they have been trying since wow. May to contact the HSE over and over again, but have had no correspondence back from anybody. Okay, so, tell, so us how, tell us
1: how it works, Rachel. You go to the HSE, or write to them, or I contact them, you say, my children need glasses... And they, as much as well, you get a, pa- a paper voucher, is it?
2: So you get a paper voucher. So it, it starts off, obviously, if they, you know, I highlighted an issue with their site when they were quite yeah, young. Yeah. They've had glasses probably from about the age of two.
3: Okay.
2: Um, You get your eye test done in one of the HSE centres and they'll say like, they need a new prescription. They'll give you the prescription. You go to your local social welfare office and apply okay. for a voucher. The voucher comes out in the post a couple of days later, and, and it goes towards the cost of okay. their their glasses.
1: And how much is the voucher worth?
2: It's give or take about one hundred and fifty to two hundred euro.
1: And how many? It
2: depends on the level of prescription that you that
1: of your cost, child course, Yeah, okay. And it's one fifty per child. Now, if I need a new pair of glasses within the year, do I get? The, is it one voucher per year or one? You voucher... You generally
2: get about two vouchers per prescription, give or take.
1: OK, so that so that's a lot of money. 300 Yeah. And yeah, you have two like children. Have to, so it's 600 quid I at least. I have two
2: kids that require it. Like, you know, and the, the prescription could change a couple of times throughout the year. So, you know, it can add up to a lot of money that, you know, some families might not be able to afford. Generally, we always have to then put money towards the vouchers to cover the full of course, cost yeah. of the glasses as well. So um, I spent a lot of time yesterday. I thought, well, I didn't really know how to tackle this. So I initially spent over an hour on hold to my local social welfare and couldn't get through. So I went in okay. in person. They said to me it was nothing to do with them. They just issued a voucher, yeah, but it's actually yeah. through the HSE. So I spent another amount of time on the phone trying to get through to someone in the HSC. Was eventually referred back to the primary place where, where my child had his eye test done. And I was told that it basically they had changed the voucher system and used a new company. But it seemed as though nobody within the HSE could contact someone in this new company. So there doesn't seem to be any resolution to the situation. And obviously the the optician that we go to is a smaller independent. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a big, big, a big place. If they haven't been getting paid for the last six months, you know, obviously they can't accept these vouchers, which I can completely appreciate.
1: So they say, Rachel, yeah, no. that you have given them vouchers, which you got, obviously, uh, through the system. But those vouchers, yeah. they've the, the, the optician has, has honoured the voucher. But when they went to redeem it with the HSE, they were left short.
2: Yeah, they've not wow. been they've not been reimbursed for okay, my for previous there. descriptions to today. Yeah,
1: okay. And how much did he didn't give you an indication of how much he's down or she's down?
3: Well, I
2: presume I'm not the only person that's gone yeah, into of them of like this. So I'd say there's been multiple people that have probably availed of it that the optician presumes they have been reimbursed for, that yeah. they haven't been. So okay. I'd say they're probably down a significant amount.
1: Well, let's find out what's, see, is a is significant problem in terms of being widespread. Uh, one. let us know, joe at rt.ie. Bronwyn is an optician. Uh, Bronwyn, good afternoon. Good
4: afternoon, Joe.
1: Well, is it widespread, this problem?
4: I don't know. Apparently, yes. But I don't know. I'm only going on me. Okay. And we hadn't been paid since May. I know, Rachel. We hadn't been paid since May. Okay. And we decided we'd kind of keep soldiering on until the end of October. And then we'd stop. If nothing had happened, we'd stop. So we stopped yesterday, the first working day coming into november we said we'd stop and we wouldn't um we wouldn't honor the vouchers anymore we've been talking to them we've been trying to get some sort of clarity mm-hmm. but we just haven't been paid and it's a very difficult situation because if you have a child yeah. who needs glasses yeah. they need them now yeah.
3: Yeah. and
4: they've got the parent has what they consider to be money in their hands and when you turn around and say no you're not getting that the the worth of that voucher a parent can get very, very irate and annoyed.
1: And have you any idea how many vouchers you have you have sent in that have not been redeemed?
4: I do. I have a lot of them. Suffice to say, it's a lot of money.
1: Well, is it thousands? Yes. Wow.
4: I'm not prepared to say how I much, know, and I don't want well. you. But, but yes.
1: thousands, sorry, would it make a difference to your business at the end of the year? I'm sure it would. Oh yes, oh yes, we see a lot of children. Yeah, of course. So, do they, what do the H? We've asked them. What do the HSE say? The cheque is in the post.
4: No, they sort of don't really say anything. I send in these vouchers by a registered post, yeah, and they don't even they don't even acknowledge the fact that they have the vouchers.
1: And then, so that means the system has collapsed.
4: And this system was excellent. I've been doing this for 40 years. And the system was excellent. And as as Rachel just said to you, suddenly they changed the system. And they brought in this new company who are doing the the payment. And everything seems to have fallen apart. And the, the nice people that we've dealt with through the Eastern Health Board for years and years and years, who we know well, they don't know whether they're coming or going.
1: So you reckon it's since April...
4: More or less, yes. Since okay. April, they would That's have been. A, wow. April would pay, be paid so in so May. So I would normally be paid the end of every month.
1: Okay, sure. So we're now into um.
4: We're now into November.
1: We're now into November. Um, John Weldon is, is an optometrist. John, good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon, Joe. Good uh, I, I know you're also
1: a spokesperson spokes- for Optometry Ireland. Um, is this a big problem?
5: Yep, it's a national problem. Unfortunately, the CHOs in all of the regions have set up this scheme. Uh badly thought out badly administered
1: CHO is is a community health organisation.
5: Exactly that.
1: But who runs the the system?
5: Well it's under the auspices of the HSE. So as you know we're obliged to provide for the children of our state and the different medical acts have enshrined it in law that we should do so. Unfortunately because of our overly long waiting lists many uh, schemes have been set up to try and reduce the waiting lists and according to the principles of Sláinte Care, which are a great idea to have community optometrists deliver this service that they're trained and qualified to do so. The difficulty is in how it's been administered.
1: And what has changed? How long is it, for example, since you have been paid, or sorry, you have been able to redeem these HSE uh, Vouchers, cheques, whatever you want. Well, we,
5: we, we, we have redeemed the vouchers. The vouchers have been to us for um, upwards of 18 months in our CHO2 region. Um, we've done the work and we've been happy to provide the service, but as yet we've not been paid for it.
1: And have you been told why?
5: Um, well, we've been told that it's an administrative issue with, um, our, with contracts and with payments and so forth.
1: But our the HSE must must well they are now. in the last few minutes, are they aware that opticians are saying no? We cannot redeem the vouchers. We've redeemed them for six months and we haven't been paid. So thus far and no further, we're not going to accept these vouchers. Do you know how many uh, opticians are are adopting? But that pretty, uh, I know it's very difficult for you especially and for the children. But it's a pretty obvious position to adopt. If you're not being paid, why take the the HSE vouchers?
5: Absolutely, and and if we were a a unionised body, if we worked in the HSC, sit through and force, it would have us out at the front door, we have a placard, absolutely. Nobody wants to do a number of months' work with no anticipation of getting remunerated for
1: it. But you see, we live in a country where, and it's one of the unsung uh, achievements of this government, and indeed the previous Labour government, uh, the Labour was Labour, who introduced it, was free free, uh, medical care for under-sixes. And we're told today in a number of the newspapers, not everyone has is, is availed of it, which is their their choice. Hopefully, everyone choice, knows yeah, about. Absolutely. But at least we live in a country where under sixes, um, where the, the, uh, do get the the medical card effectively. And on the one hand, they're doing that. On the other hand, children, as Bronwyn and indeed Rachel has pointed out, who need glasses. and need if they if their eyesight changes, especially at such a critical age, they need new glasses and the scheme has disappeared off the face of the earth.
5: Yeah, well, isn't that the irony, Joe? We know what's right and proper and the appropriate thing to do. We have a whole body of 900-plus optometrists in the country who are qualified and willing to provide this service. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just need the HSE to pony up and do what they said they would do and pay for it.
1: But they're not saying it's not lack of money. They're saying it's administ... that's what you're telling me, they're saying it's administration.
5: The Minister of Health might argue when he goes to the Minister for Finance and Public Expenditure about okay. you, you Yeah.
1: But you can't you can't withdraw such a vital service to children. Sure no government no, um, would tolerate that, both, would they? I know both, both
5: myself myself and I think I can speak for all of my colleagues throughout the country, no optimist would refuse service to this lady and her, her sons
1: but you take a hit.
5: Absolutely, and we're, and we're willing to do so. And we take these things on good faith, Joe. You know, we, we, we are, know we're this. we're foundation on faith. And, you know, like the old punt said, I promised to, to pay the bearer on demand. So, as I say, we're just really engaged. Those who are engaged with this scheme now just need to, to see the remuneration for their services. So you're living in hope. Absolutely, but as a man of faith, that's quite easy for me
1: okay, okay, John. okay okay, so you're saying you 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 will, you will you will accept you will continue to accept the vouchers
5: absolutely and if that lady were to wanted to travel, we would look after her and her son yeah. is very happily in our practice
1: and Bronwyn, where does that leave you which again you're you're an independent optician I presume well, I presume most opticians can't absorb these losses.
4: No, we can't. And when, when the, the person concerned, when we said no to the voucher for the person concerned, they were talking to the Eastern Health Board and said that we had said we wouldn't uh, honour the voucher. The person in the Eastern Health Board said, go to another optician. So the, 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 the little threat was take the hit and keep the patient or don't honor the voucher and lose the patient. So, I mean, it really was done as a sort of a, an experiment to see what would happen, you know, because we have been taking the hit now for six months.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: And, um, you know, it's very hard when you've got a little child who needs glasses to turn around and say, no, you can't have them. And, and the glasses are, for some children are very expensive. Yeah. With
2: the yeah, and speak. and essential Rachel, as well. Yeah, like Rachel, for yeah. for both yeah. of our children, they are essential. And like you said, I was I was offered a voucher to go to a different place. But that's that's missing the point altogether. The whole point is is that they're offering a service that they're not paying for. And they're willing to then put yeah. smaller independent businesses out of company, out of, okay. out and of is, business. Rachel, you know, when,
1: when you get the voucher from the HSE effectively, is it is it dedicated to a particular optician?
2: It is. It's dedicated oh, okay. to the optician that you pick. So oh, they okay. offered a they said, oh, pick a different optician and we'll give it to you. But I said, but this isn't just about one optician yeah, that I yeah, go yeah. to. This is a systemic issue. It's a countrywide issue. Which
1: it obviously and is, as nobody, John has just pointed out. Yeah,
2: yeah. nobody is taking responsibility for it. It seems as though there's nobody communicating within the HSC. This issue has been brought up on multiple occasions before today by okay. opticians, and I would say by other family members. And nobody is putting their hands up and saying, oh, well, I'll fix this or providing an answer okay. as to what's going on.
1: John Weldon, uh, how long can can your members keep going with these bits of paper that are effectively, so far anyway, been worthless for the last, you say, longer? You say you haven't been paid in 18 months?
5: Well, no, they're, they're not worthless pieces of paper, Joe. It's just yeah. that the, the payments haven't been received okay. uh, for the work done. Um, I, I'm sure how long will you will keep
1: how long will you keep going before you shout stop as Bronwyn has I can't keep going I can't keep taking the hit I, I have children as well I've got a, I've got a, yeah. a, a mouths to feed and bills to pay and
5: yeah I'm a parent as well as a professional, and yeah. I empathise so strongly with Rachel's position. And you know, if your child needs something, they need it now. And if they need that help, you know, we don't want to disadvantage our children. If you think in school what a child might miss in one day's work or one week's know, work, and know, if they can't actively participate, then that's not that's not right. But how long can I, you I think,
1: how long I, can you keep going without?
5: Yeah. We'll always keep going. Our practice has been here and active and working and serving our community since 1969. My predecessor no, John, began so I, all those years
1: ago. But John, my question is, how long can you keep going without with, with such a deficit?
5: Well, we're taking a more positive approach to it, Joseph. Oh, okay. we're, we're, we're really, we've approached the HSE, the Departments of Health, the Minister of Health, the Senior Civil Servants, Principal Offers and so forth consistently. Oh, okay begging for them to make to meet with this, to organise these things in a more organised Absolutely, fashion, yeah. to plan them correctly, to administer them fairly and equitably across the country. And as yet, those calls are, are unfortunately falling upon deaf ears.
1: OK, well, let's hope... Uh, the, the publicity might have. Good, Amelia Margaret, Rachel Branwen, and indeed John Weldon. Thank, thank you, thank,
0: thank you all. Thank you. Joe at RT.ie 51551 one. Talk to Joe on oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Talk to Joe on 0818
1: 715 815. The unsung heroes in the New Ireland of the last maybe five years, they are the delivery drivers for supermarkets. You've seen the vans on the road, morning, noon and night for Duns, Tesco's Super Value uh, goes on and on and on. And Freddie is one of them. Freddie, good afternoon.
6: Good afternoon, Joe. How are you?
1: Good. Tell us, uh, how long have you been doing the job?
6: Uh, about
1: almost three years now. So actually,
6: overall, I've I worked for two companies, so three years, yeah.
1: Okay. What's the bane of your life?
6: Where do I start? Um, there's quite a few. One thing, when you arrive at a house and the house you're looking for there's no number in it, Yeah. And the neighbours might even have numbers either as well. So particularly older houses. So you're just driving back and forth, back and forth, uh, trying to figure out which house to switch. Um that's when it's daylight. Now, when it's nighttime, it's actually even worse. Yeah. Because even if they have numbers on there, very few people light them up. So it's very hard
7: to see a number in the dark.
1: So what? What uh, 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 rough? What percentage of houses have don't have numbers these days?
6: Uh, probably. Well, in new estates, they all have numbers. Yeah, great. They're good. They're good in that regard. Uh, the difficulty there is um, you don't always see them. Uh, One one scenario, a a lovely house with lovely brick housing on it, and gold letters. You can't see the numbers during the day when it's nice and bright. You have no chance at night time. Wow. So somebody thought that would be a beautiful design, you know? Yeah, But you can't see the numbers because they blend into the brick.
1: And what about new developments like the air code?
6: Um... With the very new developments, you do need air codes because the uh, numbers don't register, uh, particularly with Google Maps. They don't register, so you need the air code in that. But actually, speaking of new estates, one of the biggest things, uh, one comes to mind, is you drive in and there's absolutely no direction. You don't know whether you have to go left for the avenue, right for the green, uh, where the grove is, there's nothing. Even the people that live there don't even know the other streets.
1: And you are so saying, it, 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 and but as Google as Google Maps not a help.
6: No, it it um, sometimes it is, but I'd say probably only about sixty to seventy percent. With newer estates, no, it's it's actually it's, it's even worse than that.
3: One
6: okay. um, state comes to mind; it takes you to the uh, the main entrance, and that's it. It won't go beyond the estate, so you, it's a guessing game.
1: So come back and give so, me a, give me a guesstimate then on the number of of delivery spots you go to the percentage that don't have numbers. 10%, 20%? Uh, Maybe
6: 20%. 20%, okay. They they would be older houses because they kind of figure, well, they know where they live and sure, everybody else must know where they live. Okay,
1: okay. And Freddie, the, the the apartment blocks.
6: Apartment blocks, we don't deal with too many of them. Uh, again, some of them we go to. Um, they give us directions, we get there. Uh, the new ones actually are a big problem because they have these fancy intercom systems, but they don't tell you how to actually get through to the apartment you need to get through there. So they're, they're a little complicated. So you're just hoping you get the person on the phone.
1: On the mobile. The, yeah, they give their number, did they?
6: Yeah, yeah, because it's not a a case that before with the older ones you just walk up, you see that you need to reach apartment three, you hit number three, that's it. The newer ones are are more high-tech, so you need to be pressing codes and whatnot
3: and bells
6: and, you know, you don't know which do you press first, do you have to put a zero before it, do you have to put an asterisk, you know, so it's it's, it's a little more, um, you know, confusing. And it's all—all it's all this stuff is time-consuming. Like, I was going to you know. say that. Yeah.
1: Do you have a quote? Yeah, that, that do you have when <laughs> you when you when your van is full, your delivery van for wherever you work for the supermarket? Do you have to deliver every every uh, item, so every box in that uh, in the back of your van before you can go back to the depot? Oh
6: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. have to. Well, okay.
1: So every second <laughs> counts. It's
6: people shopping. It's people shopping, I know, so it does. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. The, the kind of there's so much point in giving them so most you, of it
3: and leaving the course. fridge out or something.
1: So you so you don't know how long your run is going to last. It depends on whether you can find a place, whether the people are in or not in, whether you can track them down.
6: Generally, it's very good. They have a window,
1: yeah, and I we have yeah. a
6: within that time frame. Okay. Uh, and okay. it's very good. So if there's no issues, if everybody's home and you can find a house, it's actually very straightforward. But it's trying to find a house. But but now the, the the biggest difficulty is we're coming into the longer night, so yeah. we're delivering at night time. Yeah, so strangely yeah. enough, housing estates you don't always see the numbers, even though the housing estates are lit up. You can't see the numbers on the houses. So it's just like this whole guessing game. Then you get out and you you get your torch out and you're starting to shine on people's houses, and you know it's the wrong house. Uh, it's kind of
1: and people are saying who's this yeah yeah,
6: exactly yeah so they're, they're very, very awkward this? you know sending a torch into somebody else's house that you're not delivering to
1: gated communities
6: um, not so bad again you can call uh, they oh, will okay. expect you so um, okay. they'll they let you in people um, say
1: leave leave my shopping under beside the green bin
6: yeah generally we don't do that no the, 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 there's um, policy from the uh, supermarket
1: that it's delivered to person, we have to see the person.
6: So you can't uh, divide. It's
1: alcohol. Say again.
6: Particularly if it's alcohol. I mean, ah. alcohol is never left unless you see. You have ah. to make sure it's going to, respond to the person.
1: So if you're uh, if you're if you're doing your big shop, okay, mm-hmm. and you think you might you might not be there for whatever reason, but you 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 will if you're asked, you will leave the the boxes behind the green bin.
6: Circumstances, yeah, yes, okay, we may, yeah.
1: but under no, them, yeah. uh, in there no, under no circumstances would you ever leave a green box if there's alcohol in it. Correct. And that's, not. And you know why that is?
6: Well, because you don't know who's going to get it. I
3: mean, yeah, the person exactly. has to be over eighteen. So, I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. It, I
1: mean, I presume it's because the supermarket don't want kids coming along and breaking open, uh, breaking open cans of beer or bottles of paddy and slugging them back not knowing where they are. That would be a, a catastrophic situation. Yeah. So, I'm, no, and people. I'm just saying to people, if if you're super, if you want, your, if, sorry, if you envisage that there might be difficulty you being in, do not order alcohol in your big shop because you're having a hope of getting a left outside the hall door. Yeah.
6: Um. Well, if you're not going to be there, absolutely not, yeah. yeah. But, but that, believe it or not, that's not going to be an issue. That, okay. that really, really rarely happens. Um, the, the issue is just the, the, the everyday stuff, is to be able to see numbers on houses. Uh, I can give you another scenario. You have um, one, two, three, four, you're driving down, you see the houses, no problem. Then you're looking for number five. But there is no number five. And that's because number five, the, the front door is around the corner because it's a lovely new development and it decided to put the entrance for that house there and the numbers there as well too but when you're driving by okay. you can't see number five okay. you well, know instead of putting number five in the gable end where you could see it yeah, yeah, so yeah. now it's, it's a guessing game you know um, Halloween wonderful time of year like Christmas but then decorations over numbers uh, on doors <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's another
1: one very good point and the holly wreath is going to be covering a lot of numbers from in four weeks time
6: it is, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we'll be finished with Halloween now and we'll see the numbers for a couple of weeks and then the, the Halloweeds will, will uh, take that over, yeah. Now, how many? But,
1: but,
6: yeah, uh, go on. Lights as well at night time. I, I delivered to a house the other evening there now and it's getting dark. And there was a step outside. There was a side entrance to the house. I didn't see the step. Oh, it was, good it was quite a big one. That came out. Yeah, and I, I'm carrying baskets and I tripped. Now, I didn't fall. It was okay. but, yeah, but you could have. I could have. Absolutely no lies. None whatsoever, you know. But but I, I, and another one, um I, I complimented a lady recently on having her not just her number on her house in the Estate, but she actually had her ear code as well too, which is really, really unusual. And um well, she had her uh, air code. It,
1: she had her air code on her gable. on her on her back,
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Yes. Isn't that very uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, if I if I can mention a company here that actually does them online.
3: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah.
6: Well, Amazon, uh, I believe a few people have said they bought them from Amazon, and they light them up and everything. It is just unbelievable. Oh, so you, you can
1: buy have- them. You can buy them online, and put, yeah.
6: Yeah. Buy them online, yeah, yeah, and just get them, put them on your house, and it could say 35 The Avenue. It just makes it so much easier. And even some houses we go to now, because the new ones, are very good. They'll just have 35 The Avenue. So uh, in daylight, it makes it so much easier. You wonder, oh, I'm not on the green, I'm on the avenue, or I'm not on the grove, or whatever. I'm, I'm where I should be, you know. It makes it very easy. You can take out your, your uh, deliveries and bring them in. Okay. Um,
1: by the way, and you, how many runs do you have to do a day? Many times do uh, you get your van filled up and off you go? Twice a day. And are many in each run? Are many houses in each run? It could be
6: for as few as five or it could be 15.
1: As few as five or 15, yeah. depending on the demand. And, yeah. that. and do, you, run, do yeah. you have the same yeah. route like a postman?
6: No, a woman? No, no, no. We it actually cover five counties. Good luck.
1: Frank Fleming, Frank, yeah. Joe at RT.ie one. Go ahead, Frank.
8: Joe, how are you? Good, thanks. That's good. I was just listening to that chap there. Uh, he mentioned it about someone having an air code on the house, but if he uses air codes, he should find the house easy enough. And don't be searching for the numbers. Do you know what I mean? The air code map is very good.
6: Uh, yeah, this is true. It is actually very good, uh, particularly when you're out in the country and that. Um, I but with Google I I it not always, always pinpoint them.
1: Sorry, Frank, what were you saying there?
8: I use it around the city and it's always great. I find it a great tool.
1: Okay, where do, and tell us, that's a map you download, is it? From air code.
6: Well, no, you just put the Aircode into Google Maps and it'll bring
1: you yeah, to your okay. location. Yeah, okay, sorry, yeah, sorry.
6: That's well, actually, my my biggest thing, if I can come in, is, is not uh, air codes, as much as actually numbers and houses and being able to see the numbers and houses, particularly as we come into the, the dark night. And so I, that's I, the biggest stuff.
1: Well Frank you're asking are you obliged are you obliged to put your air code on your your order
6: Oh I don't know. that gentleman
8: No Freddy that that's
1: not sorry that's I'm Freddie, are you uh, obliged Well,
6: well, um, well it, it would help if you wanted to find your house.
1: No but are you, are, you, are you are you obliged?
6: Um I wouldn't say you're obliged but if it's not on maybe there we'll have so to call for you for it. Okay. Maybe maybe we should ask for it. Yeah. Well, like, not having your ear code on is not having your address on. If, if you live out of the country and you don't have a number in your house, you have an ear code. That's the very same thing. So it's like just saying, you know, uh, you're delivering to um, Timbuktu in Kildare. Um, right, well, I know where that area is, but which house are you? Well, an ear code same point to exactly where a house I'm in. Oh, yeah, but I, I'm just saying, without an ear code... What, Rich? W- without an air code. You need the air code. Oh, that was, yes. yeah, but that's
8: what I was saying. Why don't yeah. you, you should ask for an air code. It should be mandatory that they put their air code on their, on their, um, on their order or on their, when, they, when they log on to the system or whatever they do.
6: Yeah, Generally, they do, and rich. if they don't, we make a the call. And that's actually straightforward enough. But, but my, my biggest complaint is really more housing estates not having numbers okay. that you can see at night time. See, there's a huge yeah. difference. I I did it to one estate, um and one night. I couldn't find any numbers. I couldn't see any of the numbers at the ground with a flashlight and the all. I did it at the very same estate the following morning. I had absolutely no problem seeing the numbers because it was daylight.
1: Okay, Brendan. Brendan is is a takeaway driver. Take it away, Brendan. Are you agreeing okay. with Freddie?
9: I am to 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 the point of no. Uh, I'm not doing takeaway uh, anymore. Okay, and return from that. But way back in the 90s we had the same problem insofar as that you um get onto an estate in the night time because i delivered curries from six o'clock to 12 or thereabouts and of course our beautiful weather will give you lovely rain in the night Mm -hmm. and sometimes now this was all pre sat navs and all of that but you come onto a road and even the road signs are gone. They're not on on roads anymore. You can't can't tell what road you're actually on. And also with regards to the numbers, they would have them on the doors all right, great, but they would have a porch door and the the porch is in darkness. So on a nice wet night, you're running up and down houses because you don't know which way the numbers are going. Are they going odd on one side, even on the other, or one after the other, or which end of the the road are you on, the high numbers or the low numbers? So there were well, all have the problems. A roof there. before you leave? You no, know, uh, see, as I said, this was all pre-SatNav. This was in the yeah. late late nineteen late nineties when I was doing deliveries. So they were they were that that was all a, a whole new ball game. And Brandon is, is it
1: different? it different when you're collecting money?
9: Uh, well, collecting money. Uh, it, well, if the people weren't there or if they gave you a wrong address, you just went back to base. Or you carry no, but not, no, delivery. no. I don't mean
1: was it, people would give invariably people pay, but the fact that that couriers know that you have money.
9: Well, yeah, I I had one or two discussions with uh, people who wanted to relieve me of both. They they relieved me of the food on the first time, yeah. and I got uh, I got the head split open from because I happened to have a can of minerals in the bag. And when he swung the bag at me, to for, to stop me, I uh, got the eye split open. Good and God. uh And then the second time, I was attacked by two um, junkies. And when I got, but I had mm-hmm. to run, run with the clappers, get back to the car. And as I was just about to start the engine, now this was, uh, I was literally after... Uh, I'd say about a month or two previous I was at the buying this car, brand brand spanking new, lucky okay. enough that it started immediately. And two nice concrete blocks came in at, at me from either side and they tried yes. to drag me. But uh I got away, thankfully. But they um I said that was it. No no more uh, delivering curries. It's uh, it got too bad. I mean I, I delivered curries in Ballymon and I know it is gets an awful mm.
3: name. Mm.
9: But I can assure you, I delivered. I, I, I ran the, the floors, the seven floors, because most of the time the list would be out. Oh, so man. you had to run, run like a clappers. And you would come down, and you, the odd night, you'd get this voice in the darkness of the well at the the stairs.
8: Uh, could you give us a, a, a curry?
9: You know, and yeah. you would deliver the curry, bring it back, and they would even give you a tip. And these were, these were the, the toughies and tugs yeah, yeah, of uh, Ballymone. But I was never, ever touched once in Ballymone. OK, and well, I'm, I I'm just, I'm, I'm
1: Brendan and Frank, and indeed Freddie, I'm sure you'll agree with me. I'm just thinking of all the, the liveroo drivers and the Ubers and the eat, eat, just, just eat. And I'm thinking especially because I came across it on Saturday morning on the M50, that tragedy involving uh, Yeo Ferreira, 23 years of age, from Brazil. Um, who, is, who's, who was a delivery driver and his bike was stolen the previous afternoon and then there was a tragic freak accident on the M50. And I know you'll join me in wishing Yeo uh, Ferreira uh, well and he suffered Absolutely. catastrophic life-changing injuries. And to all the delivery drivers, I know, I know, because you've been on to us and you've been on this programme, you're sick, sore and tired of being hassled uh, when you're going around doing your doing your work. And I, I came across a, 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 a competition recently where somebody was asked to draw, uh, paint a piece that would uh, represent COVID to them. And they painted an empty street just one person on it, a Deliveroo driver on his bike. Invariably, I'd say Brazilian. So Diego Ferreira and all your your colleagues from Brazil and all your colleagues in in uh, Deliveroo and the other companies and your family, we wish you a, a, a speedy recovery and wish you every help, every help you can get from the Irish state for that awful tragedy okay. that befell you on on uh, Saturday afternoon Brendan Carroll Frank Fleming and Freddie Good, to meet them all Joe at rt.ie Talk to Joe on 0818 715
0: 815 Talk to Joe on 0818 715
1: 815 And Joe at rt.ie and remember um, just around what will be well, well uh, aired by 23 minutes past 2 tomorrow because at 2 o'clock The Beatles, as you know, they found an old track uh, that John Lennon uh, recorded, never released, obviously. Uh, They found a a piece by George Harrison. Paul McCartney explains it so well. And um, they've put it together with George and Ringo and the Beatles estate, which is the four families, and Sean Lennon. They put it together and they are releasing it tomorrow at 2 o'clock worldwide as the final Beatles singer is called, single is called and Now. And we will be playing it here uh, first on uh, RTE Radio 1. And I do, I do, I was upset with the number of people who say you are not worthy to play the Beatles. Who are you? You know nothing about nothing basically but I on at show uh, live line my Twitter feed I much much to my uh, against my better judgement but I did uh, post the four portraits I did of the, my favourite band when I would go to my debate between you 2 and Beatles um, and uh, have a look at the portraits and tell them you tell me to my face I'm not a Beatles fan Go on at Joe, at Joe Live Line. Neil Ferriter this is this is Orwellian, I think. George Orwellian. <laughs> what? Why, can you explain this uh, to our listeners?
8: It's a little bit Pyongyang, all right, North okay. Korean. Um, and yeah. yeah, I'm I'm just looking to raise awareness, like when your previous callers about a uh, new waste management bylaw which came in in 2018. Okay, uh, but it actually only came into effect in 15th of March 2021. Okay. Um, basically it says that you have to you have to have stored all of your bin bag receipts for the previous 12 months um, and if you haven't done that you're liable to a fine up to and including two and a half thousand euros. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of a strange Okay, so,
1: like, okay yeah. so hang on. Someone knocks on my door
8: mm-hmm.
1: and they say can I see your receipts for your rubbish bags?
8: Yeah, yeah. So we've gotten a letter in the post there, everyone in our street. We live in North Strand, so everyone okay. in our street and the this, this street on, up the road, East Wall Road, we, we got this letter saying that we have to produce our bin bag receipts from the previous 28 days, going back from the 23rd of October when the, the notice was issued back to the 25th of September. Um, now, the key point here, Joe, is none of us were aware yeah. I mean, and I'd like to know, is anybody in Dublin aware about this, firstly? And then if there is anyone that was aware, is there even one person in Dublin that has a jar of bin bag receipts going back the previous year?
1: And if you don't have your bin bag receipts, if you don't have uh, them, then you,
8: Yeah, which I don't, which I don't, uh, not, because, you know, we didn't get... When you go into spar, you just tap... You don't ask for your receipts. I mean, of course, if, yeah, if yeah. we were aware about this, I would have absolutely kept some bloody receipts. But um, uh, yeah, if you don't have them, there and you have to get, you're supposed to send them in by the seventh of November. And if you don't have them in by the seventh of November, you're liable. It's an offence. It's an actual offence under this bylaw.
1: But do they say? Can, can we see your panda account? Like, do they? Yeah.
8: So it's around this area is Greyhound. So Greyhound, if you have an okay. account with Greyhounds, you can submit your account with Greyhounds. But a lot of people just buy the bin bags in the shop yeah. because you don't want the big plastic wheelie bins when you're in a terraced house. Of course, and, and, and you don't want... You, so it's just easier. And
1: uh, are, they, are they specific bin bags you buy for Greyhounds? Far yeah. Greyhound. You, you, yeah.
8: Yeah, you buy them, yeah, they're oh, a okay. pack of yellow ones or white ones, they're thirteen euros. I get them in spar up the road, but when you tap on your credit card it just comes up spar North Strand. It doesn't
1: yeah, of course. it doesn't
8: tell you what you spent your money on. And you know invariably,
1: mean, Neil, people say, No, don't give me the receipt. I don't want any more paper. How am I gonna get rid of it? I'm trying to I'm Absolutely. trying to work for the environment.
8: Absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 an show, to be honest. So two things, is really the main points I want to make is, firstly, we didn't know we had to keep those receipts. Is there anyone in Dublin that did? And then secondly, um, it's not an offence to produce receipts from SPAR. Like, I don't care what planet, unless maybe in North Korea, but that, to not produce receipts from SPAR is not an offence. That's like saying it's an offence to stand on your foot on a Thursday at half four. Like, you can't just create offences like not sending in receipts from SPAR. Sorry.
1: And why why have they singled out Hope Road in North Strand?
8: <laughs> yeah, so there's a WhatsApp group in the area, and I, there's a rumour going Hope around Avenue, that yeah. somebody is putting out a bin bag on the bin day at the top of the road. Um, you know, they're obviously hoping the bin then will just take it, so it's one case of illegal dumping that possibly is happening once a week on bin day. Um, but so is that's what's it? Called, but it, called. This.
1: Yeah, but is Hope Avenue strewn with litter and seagulls living off the (laughs) street?
8: Absolutely not. No, I I have seen nothing. I've seen zero, I've seen, personally, I can only say I've seen no illegal dumping around this particular area. Um, One of my neighbours said that they have seen at the top of the road, as I said, once a week someone is leaving something there. A complaint may have gone in. And, like, I will say this as well, like, I'd be on... I think the council are great in terms of there's been litter hotspots around Dublin. They've done a great job of getting in there and and clearing out those hotspots, um, bad litter black spots, I should say. Um, so I'd be on the side of them, and fair play to them. They're trying to obviously, you know, stop this from occurring. They're trying to find the, mm-hmm. people, or the person, people or the person who has been doing a little bit of illegal dumping, but this isn't the way to go about it.
3: uh, the best way to uh, go
8: about it would be to to open up the bags of the people who've dumped bags and look for incriminating evidence in the bags if they're stupid enough to to dump their bags on the road they'll
6: probably put
1: they'll put you know those those annual surveys that come out every six months the Irish business against litter um, and they show don't they invariably show no no it's a big area the Dublin North inner city apparently the most recent was third from bottom for littering
8: yeah yeah yeah, are, yeah, yeah, well I mean as I said it's it's, it's not been an issue around here. So what did you not say there that is I've it, a baby here just me? They
1: no, 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 you fine. The Irish business against litter. They they do surveys and they say sure. that Dublin North inner is third from bottom, is third worst so to speak for okay. lit, for yeah. for public littering. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I,
8: I'm sure um, that those results are real, but and um, true. It's
1: um, well, the last time I, I, the last time I drove down. And by the way, I take your point about there's a lot of streets in Dublin where greyhound behemoths and the panda massive trucks shouldn't be next or near the streets are so narrow and invariably the lads, and they're up against it as well, they have to reverse down, which anything reversing is a danger, but anyway, um, (laughs) but the last time I drove down Hope Avenue, it was like North Korea, there was no dirt on the ground.
3: No, it's
8: absolutely grand, I don't, like, a complaint has obviously gone in, and that's fair enough, you know, and, and I respect them trying to find people or whoever's been doing a bit of dumping if they have, but but this business of threatening you with a two and a half grand fine for not handing in receipts from Spar, I mean, it's just. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Like I, It's, I rubbish. Just, I just, it's like, rubbish. I actually find it more funny than anything, to be honest. Okay, we'll we
1: last over be last on this inter- to the But it's there, you sent in the letter, it's quite clear. You have to participate, yeah. you have to be signed up to some form of private collection, waste collection in Dublin, be that buying the bags, and if you're, be that everything, a contract, or buying the bags, and if you buy the bags, you have to have evidence that you bought the bags.
8: Yeah, yeah, and everybody in this city who's under Dublin City Council's remit needs to have 12 months of BIM bag receipts if you're not signed up, so everyone needs to know that, because this letter says they can inspect at any time. So, now, nobody on my street, I've spoken to a good few neighbours now at this point, nobody was aware. And this law was enacted in, I think, March 2021, which is in the middle of the pandemic. So, where the letter sent around highlighting this... um, I'd like the proof that. The but d- d- sent. DCC
1: you know say they are usually sent out. If the council receive complaints regarding illegally dumped bags or other items, so we can try and find out which premises is, is responsible for dumping. But like, if somebody dumps, if I was going to dump a bag of rubbish, I wouldn't dump it as the fella said near my own doorstep, would I?
8: No, that's the that's that's the main. And thing. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't that. dump Surely, it at the
1: top of my own road. Yeah,
8: exactly. And my own. Surely, animal. to God, someone is doing that. They're coming. From another section and thrown even 500 metres up the road or 400, I don't know, but like, I can't imagine any, well, maybe, I just, I don't know, but I definitely, I'm definitely interested to see if if there's a single person in Dublin with a jar of receipts going back 12 months, because whoever wrote that bylaw, I mean, I don't want to insult them, like, but it just, I don't understand the bylaw, and then... Mm. Now it's now someone is coming along and trying to enforce. So if
1: you don't have your, your your bin bag receipts, the fine is how much? Two and a half k.
8: Up to and including two and
3: a half grand. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. What age is the baby, Neil? Uh, he's he's nine months. Yeah, uh, nine I heard months. him. I heard him there a few minutes ago. He's fluent in Korean. <laughs> 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 whatever
8: language
1: you're you speaking to is that yeah. uh, but, but you he's... know what
8: else Joe like honest to God like having a little baby now has made me it would make me more proactive about going hang on a second this is ridiculous like you know because you don't yeah. want you don't want silly laws continuing like it, I just think probably like, I'd be on the side of the council in so many ways I just think they might need to have a look at that um, if you want to catch people who are who are who are doing stuff like that I think probably the best way is Go through the bags and they might leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. evidence. Um, but, but I'd s- like to know your our, personal our,
1: opinion our, on our, it. S- well, I don't mind my opinion. I'm used to. It. But the, the CCTV. <laughs> CCTV. Even Neil. Sure,
8: that's you know. another
1: option. That's another option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Or, or, or. Anyway, uh, and uh, you see, I've uh, you've seen them. They're still there. The Dublin Corporation chaps and women are still there. They still, there is still a waste um, collection service. Uh, you know and they and they clean our streets and they, you know they're brilliant they're absolutely brilliant they're good natured, good yeah. humoured, and they do they, they they wouldn't see anyone stuck as the fella said they wouldn't see anyone stuck but anyway we, uh, that's we try and find out if anyone has got anyone else has got that letter and especially if anyone has been fined a maximum of two and a half okay Neil <laughs> Neil what's your baby's name?
8: Oh uh, this is Little Vincent Vincent okay. say hello Vincent
0: <laughs> yes, okay,
1: Vincent. Thanks. Sir. Okay, see, and there uh, there he is. There's Vincent minute. coming in now. Okay, go to meet him, Margaret. Uh, Joe at RT.ie. Talk to
0: Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
1: Okay, Martin Lyons. We need a miracle and Knock as I said to Shay earlier to find out. How long has this smell been in your life, Martin?
3: Joe, how
10: are you? Um, since
1: 2007. Okay, 7, 10, 13, 16 years.
10: Yeah.
1: And how often? And
10: up to 30, 35, 40 times a year. Um, and some some cases our, our neighbours are affected even worse. Um, it, it's all dependent on what direction the wind might be blowing on the day, Joe.
1: And would it, would it happen would it happen uh, one day a week or 30 days sequentially
10: no it can be one day in the week and sometimes it can be can be you know consecutive days or sometimes it will be split over you and know is there any is it, there
1: any shape or make to the times like is it summer no. is it windy is it raining
10: on is it after rain no. yeah after heavy rainfall um on dry days uh, you know, sometimes when the weather is really nice, it can be particularly bad if it's very calm because the gas has built up and well in the area. And um, oftentimes it's from about morning time, from about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock onwards, it can be worse from 12 noon up to about nine in the evening. Wow. And there's been many times the time we've had to actually leave our home because of the smell um,
3: We have four young
10: children and, you know, there's times when we've had to take the clothes off the clothesline, bring them inside. We've had uh, ourselves and our neighbours have had to cancel barbecues or cancel having friends over because you just can't, you couldn't have anybody over simply because of the smell.
1: And, And Martin, I know it's radio, but you're going to have to, We're going to have to send out a scratch card to people. Can you describe the smell?
10: Yes, I mean, you know, all of us can uh, imagine if you've ever driven, if someone's from the countryside or if you've ever been in the countryside, you imagine the smell of, um, you know, slurry being spread. It's probably, you know, multiple times worse than that because you're dealing with human waste. And um, it's it's very, very pungent. Um, Like, there's been times when we've woken up uh, my wife and I and my kids were by were feeling nauseous, sick, headaches. Good God! Um, but hang on,
1: but Mark, it's been concerns. going, it's been going on for nigh on seventeen years. You can't put up with this.
10: No, and thankfully, so, you know, um, in recent recent years, I, I had a monitor, bought a monitor to monitor okay. it, and um, you know, I started building data up. And only in more recent times have we realised that there's a whole community affected by it. Um, I always thought it was more just in front of our, where I lived myself, but my house is adjacent to two housing estates. And as we've engaged as a community, we've yeah. found out that it's actually the whole community. It's about 150 plus homes, Joe, affected okay. by this.
1: So have you, um, have you a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group? We do group? have a okay. WhatsApp group. So what, what, yeah. are, what are the theories that the, the other sufferers are putting forward? What are the theories?
10: Yeah, well, the theories, Joe, are that, um, you know, that whatever is building up, that the sewer system isn't uh, fit for purpose, um, that there's something not quite right. We don't know, we're not the experts, but we've been engaging with... Um, what is it? You know, it, is it uh, ...and Erin. Yeah, of more recently. Um, so we're hoping for a resolution. And There's investigation ongoing at the moment um, whereby they're saying there isn't an issue... Um, but the people living in the area know well there's an issue, and we're constantly ringing in, making complaints to scare and and the complaints are being heard. But we're not getting any action out of it. Um, as a result, we engaged with uh, Minister Ring recently, and he's been very helpful to try and drive on our cause, and has brought it up in the doll recently, mm. and has also um, you know tried to engage with the EPA and the various bodies like Mayo County Council and Ishka, Aaron, to further our cause.
1: But is it, you know, the way sometimes, well, it can happen anywhere, especially in a city where you're walking along a street and suddenly you get a a bang or a hum of of sewage. Is it that type of smell?
10: Yes, yes, but very, very strong. Um, You know, we've you know, you may you may laugh at this or chuckle at it, but we would if you're walking with our, our dogs or animals in particular who'd have much better sense of smell, um, you know, they would actually get it first and have, you know, refuse to actually walk through it. It's that bad. Um they will literally um try and go the other direction, away from it. Um it's it's that strong. And, you know, as I said, Joe, we've had to leave the house multiple times. It's uh Multiple ah. other names. But Probably if it, the if heat recovery system in our home oh, good that's luck. supposed to be pulling in fresh yeah, air, yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of pulling in fresh air, we're pulling in um, you know this foul odor and you know pulls it into the smell is on our clothes. We've had to run washes to wash our clothes. You name it. But I mean, our main concern locally amongst everyone who's affected is the health implications yeah, of this yeah. long term.
1: But but you you mentioned this air, and should they have nothing to do with sewage?
10: They do actually Joe um, oh, do they? They, okay. uh, since September they have now uh, taken over um, the storage uh, responsibility and wastewater so they're they're responsible for wastewater and you okay. know uh, also the group what we've got we've, we you know informed the the neighbors and locals that it's them that they need to ring to mm. um, take action on this um, and at the moment Joe it's uh, you know, they they've come back saying that they haven't found any source of the odor issue at this point yet. So they're they've kicked off an investigation. But do they um, but
1: but Martin, come back. Do they when they come out, do they get the home, do they get the bang, do they get the smell?
10: they yes, they've had to have. Um I mean over the period of time there's been multiple complaints and um there's no way that they couldn't have got the smell at this stage. If they're investigating this properly and proactively, mm-hmm. they would have got the smell because it's that often that they would, you, if you were to hang around Joe for a few days in our neighborhood, you would get the smell. And, you know, we we have a right to live. We're you know, paying our taxes, we're paying our dues, and we have a right to live and use our property.
3: Yeah, of course, and, yeah. And uh,
10: it's, not, it's not, in this day and age, just unacceptable to be living in an area that you've, you know, spend your hard-earned money to pay for a mortgage, pay for a home, or rent it. Of kids, course, but maybe. so,
1: so I whose hands, so to speak, is the smell in now? It's between the, so the it's county. There's no pig farm. There's no factory. There's no no fella no. D- doing Breaking Bad in his back garden. So you reckon it's between Ishka Ishka Aaron and uh, the local county council to uh, find out.
10: And the EPA are also involved okay, now. Well well, well, okay, so.
1: well, the EPA are very good. They're very, yeah, very yeah.
10: good. So, so we're hoping that between the bodies, like we're we're just looking for a resolution, Joe. I mean, I, I'm, um, you know, all we want here is is to be able to live in our areas without being poisoned by these gases. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, is there any? Has anyone become ill? Do you believe because of it?
10: Well, I think that's what drove me on personally, because um, you know, the last number of months I've felt quite ill in the mornings and and evening time. I've had multiple things checked out and in process of getting some health concerns checked out. Um, I had some respiratory issues. My my mm-hmm. daughter has some respiratory issues, and as I mentioned, you know, multiple neighbors have commented that they've had headaches too and have had various issues with with headaches. So there's major health concerns that we're we're concerned about over time. That you know, some of these things can lead to cancer causing issues to so the gases nitrous oxide and various mm. different gases so that's our concern
1: So uh, Mayo County Council say to us we can confirm that it's not our fault it's Ishka Aaron we're not involved yeah, there's,
10: been the, there's been a bit of um, football throwing you know it's not mine it's their problem and you know for years it was the County Council's uh, responsibility and you know unfortunately there's been li- very little done to date um, in my opinion, and we really need action and that 's where mr Ring is, is, Mr Ring has been helping us in trying to drive that action um, we, we, want, we want actions at this stage okay. we feel we 've put up with it for for so long sixteen plus years, and you know people who have re- resided there have put up with this issue for longer
3: okay. um, but there 's no
1: it, way and i 'm just wondering other see the the problem is um, there's no way. There's no way of of communicating. You can't capture a smell in a in a jam jar. Correct. Isn't that Correct. The, not the problem? Yeah. And, and is that's there, why is, there any, using is there the any is there any is but is there any way of measuring the toxicity of a smell?
10: Yes. So there's TVOCs, Joe, total vol- volatile organic compounds. Okay. There's also carbon dioxide, CO2, which we're all very familiar with now. Yeah, really important. given off from sewage. And both of those gases are like 20 levels above the safe limit in my home that I've been measuring. And, you know, I'm really concerned about those uh, levels of gases that are entering our home.
1: Michael, uh, let's listen listen to Michael. Michael, good afternoon.
10: How's it going?
7: Um, Yeah, I just thought I work with uh, with, um, a company who works alongside the county council. And I know that. We test the uh, we test the uh, equipment there in some of them sumps and stuff. Okay. And I know I know well that and um, a lot of them are giving out gases, and I can guarantee you that that are stinking out neighborhoods. And when it gets hot, they overheat, and when it gets cold, when it gets wet, they they get too much uh, groundwater water in them. So. And
1: is is it a, is it a sewage smell? My
7: yeah point. I'd say so It'd be so, Like every Every the state Would have their own Sewage tank And then that's Pumped to the plant So then Sewage tanks Would be Man made And they're not the, yeah. Some of them Would have leaks And air leaks And the smell And that man's on About headaches And his family So
1: Well Ishka Wouldn't come on Unfortunately But this is their statement But it, it just says We're investigating We're looking into it and we don't know, oh, yeah, the, sure. we have not identified the source and the pump. everything is operating as normal. We will investigate further and maybe there's some unlicensed discharges in the area.
3: Um, and, and
10: Joe, on that, I, I completely dispelled that because, you know what, there's enough of us neighbours around in the area that would see if there was okay. discharges into the system and I... I, uh, okay, but well,
1: just hang on, Martin. Sorry, I just, I just want, uh, Michael. How can this problem be solved? If you think it is a tank full of sewage accumulating a terrible smell, and a whiff, and a, it, it's it's stronger, whiff, it's stronger than a whiff, it's stronger than a home, it's stronger than a bang. Oh. What can yeah, be it done? it sounds
7: like proper chemicals. Well, they just have to update the infrastructure there. You know, yeah, they've also got tanks that aren't capable yeah, of dealing well, with yeah, the but
1: population. Yeah, and say there's no problem. It's not our problem. Yeah, it's of not, Sorry, we can we, No, I'm fairness. No, I'm fairness to them. Um, I wish they'd come on every now and again when they aren't advertising stuff or uh, announcing something positive. Um, this this area of the networks, including the odor control program, and we're currently gathering more data. Um,
7: the odor controlling program. They all they have is um, a vent stack. You know the pipe that looks like a lamppost that isn't a lamppost. So, at the top of it it's just a vent. that's the only ventilation program in them tanks are in the
1: state okay okay I don't know i i i i know we get uh, uh, uh. Issues with smells and mystery. This is a mystery one. We still don't know what the cause is. But look, reading oh, out those sorry, told, numerous it's, it's le- statements. That's all I'm doing is reading out statements from Mayo County Council and Irish Water and HSE and everyone in between. Um, HSE employ a hundred thousand people. Do you think they'd give us a spokesperson? The Irish Water, one of oh, the it's, it's best the funded. You think they'd give us? A... Okay, well, well, they say it isn't, and they're looking into it. So there's not more I can say, Martin. It's a terrible situation you're in. Terrible, terrible. I'll, I'll
7: give you. A, not, I'll give you a round Random, random one just before There's I go nothing worse
1: uh, than an awful smell nothing a, no. a clawing uh, stomach churning smell and you say you've had to, a smell that means you have to leave the house on occasion it's just shocking yes Jesus. shocking ok go to meet a mogga joe at rt.ie one. talk to joe on 0818 715
0: 815 joe Talk to Joe
1: on 0818-715-815. Just a couple of uh, housekeeping announcements as as we say. Uh tomorrow at uh, quarter to two we'll be on. We want your Beatles memories. It's a it's a big day for Beatles fans. Um though someone told me the other day they never um they never heard of the Beatles, which is shocking. Shock, shocked me to the core shocked me to the core and, um, but the, and we'd be playing that new Beatles song at uh, 2 o'clock uh, tomorrow and um, Paul McCartney has spoken about it and uh, this is Paul well, McCartney looks,
0: John. We knew that it was really over I was talking to
9: Yoko and she said oh, I think I've got a tape of John Paul called me up and said he'd like to work on Now and Then he put the bass on I put the drums on It's the last song that my dad and Paul and George and Ringo will get
0: to make together. How lucky was I to have those men in my life.
1: Isn't that lovely? Could you hear that at the end, Paul McCartney saying, "I was so lucky to have those men in my life." But well, that's tomorrow at two o'clock. The new official Beatles single. Now and then, in that little trailer, you heard the voice of Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and uh, Sean uh, Lennon. And I was just—I know there's incredible stories out there. Like one, one person yesterday told me that, which I, which is such an incredible story, that a relation of theirs used to sell uh, exotic furniture or whatever. And they were called to this apartment in the Dakota building to uh, help them pick a new piece of furnishing. And who was in the apartment? But John and Yoko. And they were with them for an hour. This Irish person, they said they were the nicest and they didn't talk music obviously she realised when she, they opened the door who it was but they talked about furniture and trying to get stuff to fit in and they, they were the nicest couple uh, that she ever came across so any Beatles memories any Beatles any your favourite Beatles song we'll, we'll turn it we might as well at this stage turn it into a complete Beatles tribute because it is a historic day um, none of us are getting any younger Ringo isn't getting any younger Paul isn't well he looks like he is getting younger and I remember the story it's in Bono's book actually about um about uh, Paul McCartney, Paul brought a, brought Bono on a tour of uh, Liverpool, um what a what a gift, and uh, Paul said I remember the day when I realized myself and John would be lifelong buddies. We just met. John, as you know, was from Ben He was from a lived the Rosanti Mamie and uh, his Mimi, and um he was slightly better off than the other three lads. Um, it's like it's like someone, John lived in Santry, if you follow me, and Paul McCartney lived in the houses in Ballymone. That was the difference of, they were complete from different backgrounds. But anyway, he said, we're walking along the street one day just after we decided to start rehearsing and, uh, try, and try and get together, the quarrymen and all that carry on. And John went into a shop and he's pointing out the shop to Bono. And he said he went into that sweet shop and he came out with a, a bar of Cadbury's dairy milk. Okay, and instead of breaking it into eight squares and giving me one, he broke it in two, and handed me half, and he kept half himself. And he said, "I knew by that gesture we were going to be, we were going to be, uh, we were going to be buddies. We were going to be buddies." The other thing I want to say is self-published books. Uh, we do it. Have been doing it for years. Lots of them out again this year. Send them in to us to uh, Liveline, line, Artie. Mark self-published on your envelope, please. Uh, Liveline RT Dublin Four, and then on the, on the book, and not separate to the book, but attached to the book, be a staple or uh, sell a tape or whatever. Will you put your details, your phone number? And I know you need if, if the back of the book, which it normally does, is a blurb about the book. That's enough. You needn't write us a long letter. Um, you've enough to be doing trying to sell your book uh, if you if you've self published it. Um, just put all your details attached to the book, and we'll do our absolute utmost. There's a few in, a good few in already. Actually, we do our utmost to give you a shout then in Christmas week. And of course, on Christmas Eve, we will be uh, for the, I think it's the 49th year. Uh, the 49th year we will be in Grafton Street with our Christmas Eve uh, special with Brendan O'Carroll and all the crew that's from 9 to 11 on Christmas Eve morning as I say I think it is 49 years uh, since uh, gay actually first went on to Grafton Street and uh, set up the institution um that is is um is the Christmas Eve show and also just remind you as I do that uh now, this on Saturday is the anniversary of Gayborn's uh, passing. He died on the fourth of November, two thousand and nine, and we are forever grateful for him in this organisation for what he did for this organisation uh, over the years and, and, and beyond. Okay, do you want, do you want to finish? Should we finish on we've three minutes. A good news story, Anthony Guinnessy, Anthony, Anthony.
11: Hello, hello there, Joe. How are you?
1: Go to tell us a good news story. What happens?
11: Uh, Just suppose a quick one there, we were flying to Spain uh, out of Shannon and um, as you sit down in small little plane seats, I empty my pockets, put my wallet on my lap and my phone on my lap and I sort of took out a book and read it. Um, And as I got to go off the the plane um, in a hurry with with four kids, uh, made sure I had the kids with me anyway and uh, my phone, but uh, didn't realise I'd left my wallet on the plane until I got to security. Okay. Um and uh yeah, needless to say I was I got a bit stressed. Uh, we did to the airport and then the Ryanair people said they checked the plane. They said they couldn't find it. Um so I thought it was gone and I had a substantial amount of money because we were going on holidays, I had a good bit with me. And um yeah, it was really uh, sort of um, what would just say stressed and it would've ruined the holiday I suppose. But uh, I got a phone call that evening from uh mm-hmm. Uh, a, a girl in um, Limerick and her son had found he was sitting in the st- same seat I suppose I was sitting on going back to Shannon from Spain and he found, found the it. wallet and yeah I had a business card in it and this kid I think he was 17 or 18 Brilliant. Uh, Brilliant. decided to Brilliant. turn it in it obviously Brilliant. raised very well and uh, let, so, let's
1: hear from, stay there Anthony G- good news story. let's hear from the great Alice Lee. Alice what, what's your good news story to finish
12: uh, well Joe I, I'm going back over 40 years but okay. I can remember So we all are Alice of like We state. are We're from the same era <laughs> But anyway Joe, I was going out to Kappa Hospital to yes. visit a friend of my mother's yes. and it was a time when we had bus conductors on the bus
3: yeah. So
12: when I was getting off the bus the bus conductor uh, pointed out a fray looking older woman dressed in black as if she had come out of a different era and she was carrying an old fashioned suitcase because of course we had no wheelie cases then and she was making slow progress and I was talking to her and of course I was in no all nurse mode and I said to her now make sure you have some place to stay in Dublin if you haven't, go up to the Legion of Mary and the Regina Chaley and they'll take you in or go to the social worker and the next thing, a man jumped out over the gate, put his arm around my neck and snatched my bag. Anyway, the woman kept carrying on she was oblivious, she didn't know what on earth was happening. So I shouted after them and I knew they heard me because there were two of them. So I went into the hospital anyway and I phoned for a taxi and I went down to Finglas Garda station and really the guards took absolutely no notice of me. One of the guards at the desk, he stood there picking his teeth with a, a matchstick. So I knew I was getting nowhere and eventually I asked them would they come up to Kappa to the gates of the hospital and I pointed where the two lads went and off the guards went in a different direction. To make a long story short then I got another taxi and I said I'll go down to Sean McDermott Street because I would have known some of the families there from my days in the Rotunda. And I said, look, will you ask somebody if they're out around fingers? would somebody look out for my bag?
1: And did you get it back, Alice? Did you get it back? I
12: did. I got onto Dennis McLean, a journalist with the press, no, Dennis, and he put yeah, a notice yeah, in yeah. the yeah. Irish press. And when the press hit the stands, the next thing, two men went in in a motorbike, handed in my bag...
3: Brilliant. Nothing
12: was taken out of it, my purse, the scissors, great. there was a bundle great. of photographs, but inside the diary written in red ink was, we are sorry for the trouble. Brilliant. And I often wonder what happened to those two lads, ah, I okay. wonder if they're still okay. alive or whatever, uh, but wasn't that wonderful, Jim? Wonderful
1: and great to hear you as always in such wonderful form, Alice Leigh. Uh Back tomorrow, one forty-five, at our Beatles uh, special um the today's uh, programme uh, was produced by Siobhan Hogan and um um who's next is it Catherine or Ray? Cat? Ray, it's Ray, it's Ray, Ray, Ray. How are you, Ray? Hello, Ray. Is like, Ray how are you, Ray? <laughs> Thanks, how are you, Joe. Ray? How are you keeping, Ray? Good. How are you, John? Now you see what people don't know, Ray, is that we've been separated <laughs> by, by through the through the High Court. You're now, you're now in the old radio centre, <laughs> yes. which is about four miles from where I'm sitting. Mm. I'm I've now been I'm now we're now in a place called Stage Seven. Pure posh. And we, we're basically sitting in the shadow of Paddy Keelty. It does a glow off him every day and we're beside the Late Late Show team and we're beside, and it's lovely over here and the tea and the (laughs) coffee is gorgeous and cappuccino is delivered free to your desk. Will you come over soon to see us, Ray?
6: I know, we prefer it over here. It's (laughs) It's real radio over here, Joe. Real radio. Good luck. Good luck. Thanks very much, Joe.